Get ready to move from ordinary to extraordinary, natural to supernatural, with Radical Change Ministries. What is stopping you from taking the next step? Most of us have some sort of something that we feel called to do or that we want to do, and, but sometimes there's something holding us back all the time. And the, the title of the message today is, um, What is in your hand? Because it's all you need. The, uh, um, and what you have right now is enough. You don't need anything more except Jesus. So I want you to do this. I want, I want you to close your eyes and just stick out your hands. And I want to just picture what you've got. Or maybe what you don't have. What you're lacking. Picture your skills and your talents. Picture your blessings. Maybe it's your money in your savings account. Maybe it's not. Just picture it. And I want to ask you, is that enough? Well, is that enough to bring the blessing or the healing to that friend that you want to pray for? You can open your eyes. Now, if any of you are like me, you've sometimes had a lot in your hand, and sometimes you've got very little. Some of you will have, oh, you're so blessed and you've got so much to give, and it's easy. And others are feeling, well, maybe not so much. I need more Bible study, and I, I'm a young Christian, and I don't know enough of the Word, and I don't have enough faith. The, the, and I want to use some examples from the Bible today that will show you how people, with what they had in their hand, accomplished great things for God. But all they needed is they needed to add faith. They needed to believe that God is able how many of you believe God is able? Some of you look unsure. Do you think God is able? Yes, let's be sure. He is able. He is able. So, <laughs> we, we, we'll, we, we'll start with uh, um, some examples from the Bible. So, who knows the story of Jesus feeding the 5,000? And there's another place he fed 4,000. But on both occasions, these people have been out with him in the desert for a long time. And they're all hungry. On the, on, on the one occasion when he fed the 5,000, they they'd followed Jesus in the wilderness for three days. Now, maybe some of the people took some food, some didn't. But can you imagine a service going on for three days? We're doing that this morning, by the way. I hope you came prepared. <laughs> no, we're not. The, the, but for three days... Jesus was ministering and healing, and they were there and having an awesome time. But they were getting hungry. So what does Jesus do? He turns to his disciples. Who's a disciple of Jesus? You all are. We all are. So Jesus turns to you. There's the people. They're all hungry. And he says, feed them. <laughs> and the disciples are, no. <laughs> like, 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 you know, a deer in the headlights. Like, What? And then they complained, said, we don't have enough, and so on. So, so Jesus says, well, what do you have? And that's where it comes from. What do you have? And on the one occasion, there was a young boy who had five loaves and two fish. And he said, well, I've got five loaves and two fish. I'd love to meet that young, youngster. 
Maybe there were some rich people there and they had some more, but they thought, this is never going to be enough, so, you know, we better keep quiet. But there was a little boy, a young lad, the Bible says, and he says he had five loaves and two fish and he gave it to the disciples. And the rest, as we know, is history. The, the, he took what he had and he gave it. The, uh, um, was it what he had that fed the people? Or was that like the seed that fed the 5,000? It was like the seed. And then Jesus added faith to it. And then we're in. The, the, um, let's go to. Have I got two kings on the list, uh, Corin? Bring it up for me. So there's a story in 2 Kings 4 of a widow. Uh, a similar story happened with Elijah. Elijah went to a widow, and uh, she had, uh, um, he needed some food. She made him a cake. The, and she took what she had, and she gave it to the prophet. And in those days, the prophet was, represented the word of God. She, she did what the word said, and God multiplied her, her, her flour and her oil. But yeah, in 2 Kings 1, a certain woman... Uh, of the wives of the sons of the prophets, cried out to Elisha, saying, Your servant, my husband, is dead, and you know that your servant feared the Lord, and the creditor is coming to take my two sons to be his slaves. Don't put up your hand, but who's been in so much debt that they've wanted to take your sons and lock them up? So Elisha said to her, What shall I do for you? Tell me, what do you have in the house? What do you have in your hand? And she said, your maidservant has nothing in the house except a jar of oil. <laughs> a jar of oil is going to pay the creditor. Who's, who's got some cooking oil at home? The, the, um, it's enough. The, then he said, go, borrow some vessels from everywhere, from all your neighbors, empty vessels. Don't just gather a few. I love that. Next one. And when you have come in, you shall shut the door behind you and your sons and then pour it into all those vessels and set aside the full ones. When I read this, the Lord asked me, why did she have to shut the door? Because can you imagine the neighbors? What are you doing? And the neighbors, you know, she's just borrowed all these jars. And no, I'm pouring the oil into these. So she's got a little jug. Maybe this is the little jug, and she's pouring it into, the, uh, into these big jars. And they go, oh, what are you doing, you silly woman? You... And what, she, she's standing in faith, and they're bringing unbelief. And she, shut the door to unbelief. One of the messages that is going to come out just now is there's no space in our life for unbelief. We cannot entertain it. For, if you open the door a creek, don't allow unbelief in. Focus on the word. What did the prophet say? What did God say? So she shut the door and she poured it out. Next one. Now it came to pass that when the vessels were full, that she said to her son, bring me another vessel. And, and he said to her, there is not another vessel. So the oil ceased. She obeyed the word. What does the word say? The word says, go into all the world, make disciples of the nations. Obey the word. God will take what you have and he will use it. Shut the door 
to unbelief. Oh, I can't do this thing. I haven't got enough money. I need more Bible study. I need all of those things. You need Bible. We need to study the Bible. We need those things. But more than that, we need to add faith to what we have. You've got enough. Some of us yet today, and on the internet even, some of us have got much. We got a lot. And some of us are barely, barely making by. Maybe we didn't even have breakfast this morning or food to eat this morning. Maybe your last money went out to pay a taxi driver this morning to get you here. But God says that what you have is enough. There's the woman in the temple, a, a widow. And the widows in those days, if they didn't have family supporting them, they were poor. And this, the people were giving their money and, the, the, and Jesus was watching. And, the, and, and, and this widow took her last two cents or 20 cents. I don't know what the value is now, but it's almost nothing. And she puts it in. And Jesus was so amazed by this act of giving that this woman did. He calls his disciples. He says, come, come. Look here. This day, she is given more than all the others. The, the, what she had in her hand, so the act, act of giving was enough. If she looked with her eyes, it would have been so little. Not, you know, uh, I may as well use this. I can buy my last, my last, whatever, slice of bread. But she, she used it. And, and it was enough for her. The, uh, or for God. And he values what she gave more than what all the others gave. Don't despise where you're at. Don't despise what you have in your hand. Because where you're at, God will use it. Where you're at and what you're willing to give, God will use it. You've got to add faith to it. God, this is yours. Please use it. Where must I give it? And I'm talking money now. Maybe there's something else. Maybe, it's, maybe you have on your heart to go visit an old person and go pray for them or love them. The, the, yeah, but I don't know what to say, Lord. Must I pray for the healing or not? Or what must, or, or the, the, I just love Jesus so much. There was a, there was a, oh, maybe I shouldn't, shouldn't say. Anyway, I prayed for a lady during the week for her daughter. Her daughter's eyes aren't well. And, and I prayed for her eyes and, and nothing happened. But God still comes through for her. God, she didn't have money for glasses or anything like that. And that's actually how I got talking to her. Um, and, and God comes through for her. And he supplies her need for a new pair of glasses for her daughter. Her daughter could barely read the books. And I still trust God for a complete healing for that little girl. My God is able. My God is able. We all know the story of David and Goliath. Arr, slay the giant. David had spent 30 years in the army preparing for this battle. And he had spent this lifetime of studying how to fight. No. Well, how did David end up slaying Goliath? I didn't realize this. The Lord showed me this morning. He went to deliver some bread and cheese. 
Who knows what God will do to you and through you when you go just with a heart of faith to go deliver some bread and cheese? That little bit you've got, I'm just going to bless this person. This person needs a bit of love. I'm going to give them a hug. Who knows what God will do? And then the Holy Spirit comes and he says, pray for them. And suddenly he comes and he sets them free from this bondage they've been struggling with for years and years. Who knows? The question is, is are you willing to go to deliver the bread and the cheese? Oh, no, God, this isn't good enough. This is just ordinary. This is, why are you despising? Why do we despise the little things? I think Jesus loves taking the little things, the things that he says, he takes the stone that the builders rejected. It wasn't good enough. And he erected it and made that the cornerstone. Don't despise the little things. Because what you have, when God gets a hold of it, you don't know what he'll do with it. Whether it's that two cents or whether it's bread and cheese, he will take it. He'll touch lives. He'll change lives. He is more than able. And there's lots of other stories. I've got a whole list here, but we won't go into, into them all. Can we bring up 1 Samuel 17, 37? I want, to, I want to read what David said. Moreover, David, David said, um, The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear, he will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. Who killed the lion and who killed the bear? David did. No? You agree? But, yea, David says God delivered him from the lion and the bear. But that lion and the bear would have chewed him up and spat him out if David didn't go after it. Was, was David able to fight a lion and a bear? I don't know too many people that are able. But here's the thing. He knew he's God. And you knew his God was able. So he stood up. That lion took one of his sheep, and I'm going to get my sheep back. That lion has no place. So he chases after a lion, completely out of his depth, completely unable to, but in faith and in confidence. Confidence in himself? Who was his confidence in? It was in God. God is able. God's able to rescue you. God's able to make a way for you. But that lion would have gotten away with a sheep if David sat back and said, I can't do this. If he said, I couldn't do this, it wouldn't have happened. The lion would have had a lack of lunch. The same with the bear. So, this is the, so he learned before going to, he went to deliver the bread and the cheese and he saw Goliath. And then this is what he says to the people. And then go to verse um, 45 for me. The, this is what he says to uh, um, Goliath. Then David said to the Philistine, You come to me with a sword, with a spear, and with a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts. When, when you go to work in the, in the morning, whose name do you go to work? Are you going to work for yourself? Are you just going to earn your own salary? Or you're going there with a purpose. The, the, one of the blessings of, of, of Aaron the, uh, in Numbers 6, uh, um, the Lord bless you, the Lord keep you, the Lord cause his face to shine upon you and give you peace. The verse just after that says, and, um, 
and, and, uh, no, and placed the name of Jesus over Israel, something to that effect. Jehovah Nisi, one of the names of God, means the Lord my banner. The, the, it's like having this banner over us. The Lord Jesus, he's my banner. And, that, and that's what David's saying. He says, I'm going, I'm going to work, and, I'm, and the Lord is my banner at work today. I'm going to the shops. The Lord is my banner. Wherever I go, that banner is, is, is showing. And I'm under his name. The, the, let the Lord's name be your banner. The, I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. I love the fact. It's like, he's upset. Who are you? The, the, the Lord, I, I heard a preacher, and he, and he gave this revelation um, or got this revelation, and I heard it, and it just blew my mind. There's Goliath. The armies of Israel are, are looking at this giant, three meters tall or something. He was a massive guy, and they're all like, oh, this big problem. What are we going to do? We don't know. Their confidence was in Saul, the king. Their confidence was in their army, and they didn't know what to do. And then David comes there with his bread and his cheese, and he looks what's going on. He gets a, I think he, got, he was shocked. But he's got this banner over him. The, the, oh, the banner over, uh, over me is love. <laughs> he's got this banner of the name of the Lord. And he looks at this Philistine. Now, what did the Israelite army see? They saw this massive guy, this big mountain. When God looks at Goliath, what does he see? Does he see a massive guy that God is saying, sure, what am I going to do? No, man. God sees a, maybe like a little, uh, you know, a small dog. If that was a, a, a guy that was short, standing there shouting these things to the armies of Israel, what do you think they would say? You think they're going to be like, ah! Because they operate with their eyes, they're going to say, oh, no, he's small. I can, I can beat him easily. But because they were operating in the natural and all they saw was this big problem. But for God, that's not even a problem. And David came there and his eyes were like God's eyes. He was focused on not this, but on, on, on who his God was. Putting that problem in its right context. And then he is able to say, this day the Lord will deliver you into my hand. It's the Lord that works through us. Did you notice God didn't send a bolt of lightning to kill Goliath? Sometimes he does that kind of thing, very seldom. The word is all about his people going out, trusting God, and him working through them. Taking a few loaves and fish and working through them. Taking someone... And we'll, we'll get to Peter and James just now. But it's about God working through us. The Bible says we are co-workers with Christ. Um, who is the head of the church? Jesus. Who are we? The church. No? Who is the body of the church? Us. Can the head of the church make a cup of coffee? How do you make a cup of coffee? You need the body. Jesus guides us and leads us. Without the head, the body can do nothing. Without, but without the body, Jesus 
the way he cho- chooses to work in this world is through us, his body. So when, we, when, when this hand needs to pray for someone and bless someone, but this hand says, oh, no, I can't. I didn't read the Bible. I'm not good enough. Um, there, there, there's the other hand. The other hand. The other hand, the pastor. The pastor can do it. The, the, and, and so this hand goes, puts itself in the pocket and says, no, we'll let the pastor do it. But guess what? The pastor can't because the pastor's got the mic in his hand. The, or he's busy with the, the... That person loses the blessing. And the hand loses the blessing also because the blessing is to see the power of God at work. The, the, as you give, so you'll receive. The, the, um, yeah. It's God working through us. What did David do? What was in David's hands? So Saul said, come here, I'll give you my arm. And he puts his armor and he equips him. And he goes to, please, I'm not knocking Bible school. We have to study the Bible. We have to study the Word. But so often we, we say we can't do it because I haven't done that. I haven't learned this. I haven't, the, the, um, go do those things. But don't let it be a reason why you can't. So, so Saul, Saul looks at this young boy, because he was a young, a young boy. His brother just mocked him and said, who are you? Go back to your sheep. He didn't allow those words. He couldn't shut a door and let that unbelief stay, you know, outside. That unbelief, he had to guard his heart. The Bible says, guard your heart. Be watchful and awake. He guarded his heart. He, did, he didn't allow the words of his brother to say, oh, I can't, you know, I am the little, you the big brother, you the eldest, you the strongest, you go fight him. No. He guarded his heart. He shut the door. He said, no, that's not the truth. If you haven't got faith, I've got faith. So Saul takes him and wants to equip him and gives him his shield and his spear and his armor and eventually David standing there under the weight of all of this. And he says, no, this doesn't fit me. And he takes it off. I think part of the secret is being yourself. You are the only one like you. God never made another like you. If, you, if, if someone else could do what you were called to do, you'd have made another. But you have your own unique calling that he gave you before the foundation of the world, the Bible says. He called you and he knew you. The... the and so David did what he knew and what, what he was used to. He, instead of trying to be like Saul or trying to be like his elder brother, he took his sling because he used to shoot catty. In South Africa, we don't have slings, we have catties. Have you noticed in wartime, even in those days, nobody really used a sling because it wasn't a deadly weapon. It was, you know, a sling so a stone hits you, it's, it hurts, but it doesn't kill you. A spear will kill you. But David took what was in his hand and what he knew. And he takes up five pebbles and he winds it up and he throws it. God takes that pebble. This, this young boy stands up in faith and God takes that, that pebble and goes. And the Bible says it hit him in the temple and it sunk into his skull. Maybe what was meant to happen, maybe that stone was going to hit him and bounce off. And God had an angel, and the angel saw this pebble, like in the movies. The pebble comes, and as it hit him, the angel went, 
And I don't know. The point is, is David did it. He did it. And it's exactly the same. Who knows what God would do with the little that you can do? Hallelujah. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand. Into David's hand. This day God will use you to heal that little girl. Or this day God will use you to bless that lonely person. This day God will set that person free because of your prayer. Who knows? But he won't do it unless you step out. Unless you are willing to say, God, I know you can. And we sometimes get mixed up. And we think it's my faith and I have to be and it's I'm healing. No. you the vessel. you the jug. This glass is going to, how do you say in English, quench my thirst. Less, less my door. <laughs> quench my thirst. This glass can't do diddly, it can't do that. The water in the glass quenches my thirst. It is the container. But without the glass, our, my thirst can't be quenched. If this, if this glass was empty, I, ca I can't drink of it. And we, we, we are like that glass. We are earthen vessels with hidden treasure, the Bible says. So how do we go and do these things? What, what made David different to, to, to the other soldiers? And I, and I want to use an example. Just as this glass contains the water, so we need to contain the power of the Holy Spirit. We need to carry His presence. No? And I heard one person describe it as like a sponge. He has some sponges. The, he has a nice sponge. It looks almost new. Sorry, I didn't have fancy sponges. Well, the, the, this one has worked a little bit. It's a bit worn and used, but you can still do, use it. And then this one is also tattered. And, but each of these sponges, on their own, uh, yeah. if I threw the sponge on the floor, it does nothing. But what happens if I take a sponge and I soak it? Let's do this. I'm going to put this here. Here's a bowl of some water. And I decide I'm going to spend time in the Word. And I decide I'm going to start believing God. When He says, I can do all things through Him. Not I can do all things. I can do all things through Him. And I start believing the Word. And I start soaking myself in the Word. This sponge changes completely. Instead of it being dry and useless... Now, it doesn't matter what I do. This sponge is dripping. It's, it's, it's making a difference. If it goes to the shops, it makes a splash. You know when God says uh, um, exceedingly abundantly? Exceedingly abundant means it overflows. O overflowing? Overflowing means it drips. When you go to the shop or you go to work, guess what? You're dripping Jesus. Are you dripping Jesus? Better not do that. My pastors might be watching. <laughs> but look here. This sponge made a splash. If I pick it up again, it's going to make another splash. Some more people get touched. Some more people feel the love of Jesus. But after a while, it's going to run out. 
And then we've got to go back and we get filled again. Be ye filled that by the Spirit of God, Paul says. Be continually filled. David was filled with the Spirit of God. And you know how he got filled? He got filled when he was worshiping out in the fields with his, uh, um, with his sheep. Get filled with Jesus. And then what happens is that little bit that you have in your hand, suddenly it's more than enough. Suddenly, four, five loaves and two fish will feed 5,000. Suddenly a simple prayer or a simple hug will set someone free. But it will not happen if we are not filled. If of our own, we can do nothing. In fact, Jesus says this to his disciples. He says, of myself, I can do nothing. Um, we'll get there maybe later. He says, of myself, I can do nothing. But everything I see my father do, that I do. I'm not doing for time. Sure. Time's up. I've still got so much more to say. <laughs> the, Jesus says, ask of me and I'll give you living water. Who wants some living water? I'm going to pray a prayer. You on the internet as well. Father, as we call on your name, we call on Jesus and we ask, give us this living water. And we drink of you, Jesus. And you fill us. And we are your sponges. We are your body. And we thank you that you flow out of us like rivers of living, living water in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to bless our internet audience. May the Lord bless you and keep you and you guys. And cause his face to shine upon you. May he raise up his countenance upon you and give you peace. And I place the name of Jesus, the banner, Jehovah Nisi, over you. Um, thank you very much to our internet audience for the rest of you. Um, the, the, as we, we close just now, we're going to, there's boxes at the back for tithe and offering if you want to sow. There's a machine and a card machine and all of those things. There's also internet banking if you want. So, sorry, I, ha I have to make, do those announcements. For, for, and that's important. But for me, the, big, the most important is who needs ministry. Because we are soaking. Who needs more of Jesus? Who wants to go out? Who feels they don't have enough? In fact, put up your hands. Who feels you don't have enough? Okay. You're not, you're not going to come up. We're going to just where you sit. Is there anybody else? Because in the name of Jesus, he's going to take that which you have. Hmm. You say you don't have enough. The Lord shows me your heart. And he says your heart is so big. It's been hurt so many times. But he's going to come and he's going to fill it. And that which you have is going to multiply it in Jesus' name. And it's enough to do that which he's called you to do. Amen. Who else? Hmm. Father God, we come before you and we just lay our lives on the altar. And we ask that you would come now, Holy Spirit. 
and take these living sacrifices of ours with all of our faults and our scratches and our mistakes and fill us. Never again, Lord, will we say it's not enough. Never again, Lord, will we say we're not good enough because you have redeemed us, Jesus. You have bought us, Jesus. And it's your power that works through us. We thank you, Jesus, that your word says that we don't have to have lots of faith. But your word says the faith of a mustard seed. A little bit of faith is enough. Just believe that little bit. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Be blessed. Have an awesome time. The, uh, thank you so much for letting me share with you guys. Love you lots. Thanks for tuning into Radical Change Ministries. Subscribe for more.